you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Cartridge Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin. And right now, we are about to recap AEW Fighter Fest Night 1. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a two-part uh, uh, paper, not even pay-per-view. It's, it's, it's free TV. So, free TV on TNT, two nights. That's right. Um, free for the free. Free for the free. And uh, funny enough, too, they are competing with WWE a little bit as well, with uh, NXT doing a two-night event, too, which we'll talk about uh, in a separate recording here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, they, they're they in a little bit of a ratings war, which MJF kind of briefly mentioned in his promo, which was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, Fighter Fest versus Great American Bash. Um, it's going to be an interesting – well, it was an interesting night one. We'll talk about night two um, in our next recording next week. But, um, yeah, man, Fighter Fest, this one here. Uh, what were some of your general thoughts on night one? Fighter Fest was pretty cool, man, for it to be a free, quote-unquote, pay-per-view uh, for everything Fighter Fest. It, it was great. I hold, I love the whole aesthetic look of it with the whole pyro, you know, and I, I love that the stadium is, like, hat, you know, outside, so you got that. Uh, background with the whole sunset. Shout outs to to Evil Evan actually, you know, uh, mentioning that when we did that crossover episode. So, uh, by the way, but yeah, man, I, I just love like their whole setting with that whole you know fighter fest, and it got with the whole luau setting too. You got you got the commentators wearing luau shirts. Uh, you have some of the ladies, the models, in you know in swimsuits laying on the the chairs or whatever. So it was looking very festive. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting to me that they would even do this for free, to be honest with you. Like, um, it just seems like a, a show that it, it should be a pay-per-view. And it's, it's funny. I'm saying that because I, I like, you know, I, I, I feel fortunate to have been able to have seen something like this for free, but it also brings up the question as to like, man, from their perspective, like, if you have a, a show that can be that good to be a pay-per-view, you know, why not have it as a pay-per-view? Um, so I thought that was an interesting choice, but here we are. And, you know, again, from a fan perspective, I love it. Like, it's great to be able to see, you know, a show like this on on free TV. Now, we did have commercials, which that part of it still sucks is, yeah. you know, it's limited commercials, but. Picture and still picture, co- but, yeah, you know, yeah, got to deal yeah. with it. Right. Um, and especially for something that's like a pay-per-view, it's like, man, I really don't want any kind of breaks in between or to have to look at ads in any way during my show. But 
you know, it is what it is. Um, with all that said, yeah, Fighter Fest overall, like it's just, it's just, it's. Um, I feel fortunate to to be able to see um, this, like uh, basically a pay per view on free TV. Like you know, thank you AEW. And um, yeah, I guess from a business standpoint, it kind of brought up some questions for me as to like, you know, what's the thought process behind this one to have it be to have it be this way. Um, but you know, it's 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 cool, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah, man. Say same here, man. Oh my god, I cannot wait to get into into these matches. <laughs> well, let's, let's have some let's good get straight some into tag it, teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, tag team wrestling was definitely a highlight on this one. We started things off with uh, MJF and Wardlow teaming for the first time ever uh, together because they've mm-hmm. they've been kind of a quote unquote team with with uh, Wardlow being the bodyguard of MJF and you know they're in each other's corner usually but they hadn't officially tagged together according to the commentary team um, until this matchup so that was kind of interesting I actually didn't know that um, but they went against uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Marco Stunt was with them on the outside. Um, so yeah, man, you you're excited to talk about this matchup, man. So go ahead, break break it down for us. So word on the street is Warlow Big Man can move. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you was cracking out like all these these cruiserweight moves. I was like, whoa, you know, the I was Swanton like, Bomb. Swanton Bomb can't. That surprised me out of nowhere. Even when he was selling for Luchasaurus doing like a, a like a whiplash spin. Usually, what you see cruiserweights do when they get clothesline or something like that. So seeing Warlow uh, doing these athletic moves is very impressive because the way he walks, the way he built, look like he's just stiff, man. Like he's just, you know, I'm just I can do power moves, but he he's you know the looks are deceiving. He could do more than that, my friend. Yeah, he's very athletic. Very athletic. When I saw the Swanton right there, I was just like, "Wow, that's I did, I didn't expect to, I didn't expect to see that happen. I didn't expect to see to for him to do that on that spot." And just like you said, some of the other things the selling he was doing was great. Um, just great showing overall from him and then from everybody in this matchup. Um, the big story I think from this matchup though is it seems like this is the beginning of the end of Wardlow and MJF. They did end up losing the matchup. And in the towards the end of the matchup, uh, MJF kind of yelled at Wardlow. He's like, uh, "Can you do anything right?" And then he accidentally got his fist pushed into Wardlow's face, punched him with the dynamite ring on his on his hand, or on his finger, and then uh, yeah, it, it basically just kind of looked like there might be some issues between the two of them going forward after the events that happened here. So uh, my question to you would be: Do you are you ready to see? Wardlow versus MJF. No, I'm not ready to see that. Not not yet. I, I think they still have a, a strong dynamic, and this is what uh, this is what MJF needs right now. He still needs that bodyguard. His persona almost requires it. His character uh, needs that. You know, to, to give him that edge. I think it would just look kind of aesthetically. It would just look kind of boring if you just see him come out and then he'll you know having the type of muscle i think he needs that because that fits his profile yeah um man i don't know like seeing this play out in the in the matchup they teased it really well to get me somewhat interested in seeing this match to be honest with you 
Like, even though I hear what you're saying, like for, for MJF to have that bodyguard, you know, it makes sense for him to have that, uh, that like diesel character with him, you know, to his HBK or, you know, how Ric Flair kind of always had the horseman and had, had backup in, in some portions of his career. You know, it, it makes sense. But I also think that MJF, um, in terms of being on his own, that actually is is interesting in a way too. Just having the spotlight purely on him, and to 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 just be on his own and and to see what he would do in those situations without a bodyguard. Like, how would his character evolve in terms of the tactics he would have, be forced to use if he doesn't have that backup? And then also too for Wardlow, you know, there's a potential here to make another superstar out of Wardlow to have him in a, on a singles run and to have him, you know, I mean, I don't know if he would completely be a face, maybe as a tweener, but to put him on the, on the mic, see what he could do there with the athleticism he showed to see him have more matches on his own. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards wanting to see it, you know, <laughs> just so that we can have these two guys kind of just evolve even further. I feel like they've gone as far as they can go you know, in terms of as this 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 team that they've had, you know, and it's been cool. And if they decided to keep it going, I wouldn't be mad at it. But I think now is a time where, for me at least, it would work. Like, like I can I can see it before this matchup. I wouldn't have said that, but seeing the way that they played it out, I'm like, man, I'm kind of I'm kind of am interested in it. I would not be mad at them if they decided to go ahead and just. Split them up now and have them face each other. I think it. I think it would work. So you rather have MJF have and pivot and move to Warlow and have like a, a story with him. Right now, I think I I could see it working. You know, I could see it working now. Like any other time, you know, before this, there's no way. I mean, you could kind of feel like okay, eventually. MJF was going to say something, the wrong thing to Wardlow, and Wardlow was just going to be like, you know what, bump this, I'm, I'm done with you. But, you know, I never really was was ready for that to happen. But the way this matchup happened and, you know, Wardlow took another L and MJF was kind of, you know, yelling at him, it, the, the, it's a smooth transition to there being more issues. Now, true, if AEW stays true to how they are, the next time we see them, the next time we see them, they're still going to be a team. But then we'll have the slow burn still continuing on, where they're having more and more issues with each other, and it'll be more more apparent that they're having issues than it's ever been. Um, so I don't think the next time we see them, they're just going to be at each other's throats. But I think they're just going to build on this, and it'll be more apparent that they have issues. And yeah, I think that. The next major story for MJF will probably be him and Wardlow, and I, I kind of want to see that now, you know, for both of their careers. Again, for Wardlow, I think you have a superstar in the making. For MJF, I think that next level evolution for MJF would be really interesting. I think it works. I, I, I do. I want to see it. Hmm. Okay. All right. Like what? All right. Say. So, if you see them building for Wardlow, what what would be that roadmap for him? Um, well, for Wardlow, because right now you got yeah, a lot of top stars, top guys, you know, big guys too. Yeah. So, so again, it would be focused on you know his feud with MJF is what I'm saying. So, you know, right now Wardlow is kind of again he's just the bodyguard, right? And MJF does all the talking. You know, I could see you know Wardlow maybe wanting to step in the forefront a little bit, you know, or just taking 
a little bit more offense to MJF, like, you know, just the, the things that he says to him or what he's doing. And, and again, I think it's going to be a slow build. I think that, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we, we may see, you know, MJF, they, they have another tag match or something, and MJF is tagging himself in, and Wardlow is getting irritated by being pulled out of the matchup. Um, maybe there's a situation where Wardlow has a problem with somebody, and MJF speaks for him, and Wardlow's like, you know, hold on, I can speak for myself, you yeah. know, and, and that starting something there, too. Um, but I don't, you know, in terms of saying, like, the actual track to, say, a world championship or the TNT title, like, I'm, I'm not even there yet. I just feel like, story-wise, him and MJ, MJF, they have something here where if they did want to split them and if they did want to make Wardlow a star, I think this is the way to do it is to have him and MJF have their issues and start to build Wardlow's character by showing that he does have a backbone. MJF is pissing him off a little bit and and go from there. I think they should go with that slow burn approach, you know, building a star within these two, like you say. It's, just, it's almost similar to... You know, what Batista was in Evolution when Randy Orton was out and then you saw how uh, Batista was becoming that star of Evolution. You know, him starting to speak more and not being that silent uh, silent enforcer. So I can see the same way they can treat it the same way just for Warlow. Yeah. I love that comparison with with Batista. I think that's that's very that, that's a great uh, comp between the two of them because with with this too, I mean they were treating Batista like he was an idiot, right? He's a big muscle bound guy who you know didn't know better, and they were gonna trick him into challenging for the other title instead of challenging Triple H. And maybe MJF tries to do something similar, you know, like where he behind Wardlow's back, you know, was talking crap about him like he's yeah. he's a big dumb idiot you know he exactly he, you yeah. know he just he so something like that you know where he's just he's paying him to be the muscle and that's it he's not paying him to think he's paying him to do work and you know stuff like that to really get under under Wardlow's skin um i could see it i can see it i think that's a great comparison yeah man now let's uh what we got next is it sheeta well, the next uh, matchup here, let's see, I think it was the women's championship matchup. Yes, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford uh, with Kip Sabian briefly uh, in this matchup a couple times. Um, yeah, overall, um, great matchup between Shida and Penelope Ford. I think Penelope Ford, you know, was I, I was hoping that she would have a really good performance because up to this point, I thought that she had been solid, but not necessarily great. I think persona-wise, she has a great persona, but the in-ring wrestling was something that we hadn't really... Get, I hadn't felt like I had seen her really take that next leap to be, you know, just really great in the ring. Yeah, but I haven't really seen her being with, a single competitor, by the way. Right. Well, she... Because she had the a couple of, like, Fatal 4-Ways and tag exactly. team matches, you know, yep. so... to. To see her in a one-on-one matchup was great. And then for the title, too, it was like, okay, how is this going to go? But I thought it went well overall. I thought that they both did a great job. Like I said, they have good chemistry with each other. Um, the Kip Sabian thing, you know, he got he was out of the matchup, but then he tried to sneak his way back into this matchup and interfere a little bit. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, didn't work out. Hikaru Shida did end up defending her title successfully and won. Um, and, yeah, she, she just... To me, Hikaru Shida looks like she is just such a great champion. She is 
even I think her star is building even more and more. And I just I feel like this is the champion that they need to help build this women's division in order to to make it be able to compete with the other women's divisions in the world, specifically WWE and specifically NXT's women's division. Um, I think Hikaru Shida, you know, there's something about her that where I could see her fitting in on and in NXT's women's women's division. I could see it. I could see like her versus Io being a great matchup. Don't tease me like that, sir. You know, I'm just saying, you know, so for it's just it, Sheeta, just what, what she's doing. Like, this is the this is the first champion that they've had where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm starting to see her making the division, you know, feel like it, it's just it's just taking that next step, you know, and, and it's yeah, she's just doing it, man. I think she's doing an awesome job, man. You you definitely pinpoint. uh with, with your assessment right here because Sheeta is is money and what Penelope Ford did too was awesome too I gotta tip my hat to her too man you know looking strong even though she lost but she looked stronger her loss as well but uh but Sheeta man I love the way I love her wrestling moveset it's it's that striking in the in the way she she's so charismatic with it too it almost like even though she's a champ yeah, yeah, she's a champion, but the way she fights, if she's fighting like a fighting champion, like like a like a uh, like you said, like like one of the NXT women champions, like EO, or you know, they're defending, you know, they're you know the way they're just fighting, they're fighting with everything they got to hold on and 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 keep on being a champion. I never got that with uh, uh, the previous champions on AEW. The mm-hmm. first one with Rio, the second one uh, with even with. With Nyla, man, even though she was dominating, but it never felt like, you know, she just had, she was just fighting with everything what she got. I, I believe that with. Well, she was off television for a while. Too. Well, that too, like, that too, that definitely out. hurt. Yeah. And then by the time we got to Sheeta, Sheeta took the belt off her, man. You know? Yep. Yeah. But with yeah. Sheeta, she, she's money though. She, she, if she was in front of a fan, the fans would go nuts for her, man. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely, and and I mean also too like during that time when when Nyla was champion, I, I kind of felt like Sheeta was the unofficial champion because she was wrestling every week, and they kept talking about her win streak and how many times she had been competing, and I'm like, man, like she she feels like right now she is is getting to that point where she's becoming the face of the women's division, even though we have Nyla's champion. Like it was just yeah. it was crazy even then. So now, you know, with her being champion, just so perfect. It's like it's just I'm just I'm rooting for her, you know, to to just continue this run and to keep building because she to me, she's a superstar, man. And she's just she's amazing. And and like you said, too, shout out again to Penelope Ford. I mean, the way that she looked in this matchup was great. Even in in losing, she looked great. She she kicked out of the the Falcon Arrow a bunch of times, too, in this matchup. And, you know, it it was like shocking because she usually puts people away and, and it's a protected finisher for her typically. But for Penelope to kick out of that and 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 you know it was like kind of shocking when it happened yeah. you're like wow what okay so I, I love that that um they they put it together this way where Penelope could look so strong even in defeat it was it was a smart move by them so shout out to Penelope as well but yeah man great match great matchup on this on this one it was and by the way I like when you had pointed that out the finisher for uh with Penelope 
Ford and Sheeta. You know, like you said, you know, when she couldn't put Penelope Ford down with the Falcon Arrow, then she kind of just, all right, I'm going to hit you with the Falcon Arrow again and hit you with the running knee to the face. Yeah, that would do it. But I, I love how they're not going with that typical WWE script. Like, all right, she kick out her finisher now. Probably in, in, in WWE, Penelope Ford would have won that match somehow. But I love how AEW frames it. Like, all right, we're gonna even though you're gonna kick out, all right, the opponent's still gonna finish you strong. Gonna make sure they're gonna finish you this time. So it 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 insinuates the story. You know, it, it makes it, it makes the the loser even give uh, have a, a better respect for the loser, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah, and then the next matchup that we had on the card was for the TNT Championship. It was the defending champion Cody with Arn Anderson by his side versus Jake Hager with his wife Catalina, the what uncrowned Miss United States Miss, yeah. is how they Miss is. USA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um so yeah, this matchup here, I actually think this matchup one, I'm gonna state that it was better than the matchup with that Jake had with uh John Moxley for sure. Um I definitely felt better about this one. I thought he had a better showing himself and just overall. Um may I, I think the the atmosphere, you know, being that we had the the locker room out there for this match versus no no one in, in attendance. Um, for the Moxley matchup with Hager helped this match feel better overall. Yeah. Um, Jericho on commentary always helps. Um, just the <laughs> overall atmosphere, you know, was a lot better than just silence and then seeing a boring matchup between Moxley and Hager, you know, and Hager too, just taking all that out of it. I felt like Hager looked more impressive here. Just, um, you know, using the power moves on Cody, using yep. the submission wrestling too on the Hager Cody. bombs. Yes, yes. I just I thought all that was great. Um, him coming out with his wife too. You know, I'm like, okay, I'd love to see that happen more. I'd love for her to be more part of you know the the storylines going forward. Um, so I like that. Um, so the matchup itself, I really enjoyed. The finish, I hated. I hated the finish because this goes. It, it just it makes him just like with um, Darby Allen. Yeah. It just yep. made him look dumb. Like. I just don't get this. So so basically, Jake Hager puts on the submission, um, the head and arm choke onto Cody. And and then he his shoulders are down and Cody's on top of him, but he's got the submission locked in. And Cody goes limp, but the referee counts and it's one, two, three. And they say Cody wins. But I'm like... And then and then Jake is mad, but I'm like, wait a minute, but you 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 are in the dominant position, but you know your shoulders are down, so right. what are you doing? It it just and and again, it happened once before with Darby, and they chose to do this again. It makes to me that it work it worked against them twice. It made Jake look stupid, and it made Cody look weak and like he's lucky to even be where he's at. Because twice now, he was basically beat, but he got wins. It, 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 and both for the TNT championship. I, I just, I don't know. The match overall was, was great up until that point. And then that finish happened. I'm like, oh, God, no, not again. I, I, was, yeah. I was just so mad. I was so mad when I saw that finish. I know. I know, buddy. Yeah, I, to me, you know, up to that finish, this was Jake Hager's best match ever on AEW. You know, uh, but I think now the reasons why that finish didn't work, first of all, you know, yeah, Jake Hager, 
Yeah, he acting like he was stupid. How, how can you not tell that? Yeah, who you think the ref is counting? You know, obviously you have him like in a in a submission hole, and Cody's laying in the, on his stomach, so you know his shoulders are not on the ground. So if you hear some counting, get the hell up. You know, <laughs> let go of the submission, bro. You know, let's continue with this match. But no, he got his hands in the air. He's like, yeah, I did it. I won. I'm like, what? How did Jake ever thought he was? Like, did, did he tap? What? They didn't show any type of footage of of Cody tapping. It was just, it was just like a whole confusing mess. And uh, yeah, man, the finish was flat. It, it, it fell flat. You know, you could see when I watched it again because the first time I didn't notice. Cody went limp, but yeah. the second time that I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, you could see like Cody's arm just kind of dangling." And when when uh, Jake let him go, Cody just was just fell. He was just down and he didn't move at all. You know, it wasn't until um, I don't know if it was it was Dustin or Arn went into the ring to go grab him, but that he he then started moving right. He, he opened his eyes and he realized he had won. But yeah, it just it just a weird like. It does nothing for the champion. If anything, it makes the champion look weak because he just lucked into a win. And then, yeah, Jake from a from a like a just a ring IQ situation. You're supposed to be this, you know, wrestler, this MMA guy, and you don't know that the referee when he's counting the three that he's counting your shoulders down. I just and you, you know what's crazy. Dominant- I don't even mean to cut you off. I have this match on right now, and I've just noticed that he had he had Cody the before he put him in that chokehold, and and before he uh, when he had him uh, when he got counted for the pinfall, yeah. but he had him in that same chokehold before, and then when the ref went for the pin, he actually rolled back up like on the he actually rolled back up and put and stood up Cody so he can continue with the choke. Yeah, see. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, bro. Just doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, for him to... Then he's celebrating right after the three yeah, count. And it's like, yeah. what? Yeah, like, I, I'm I, saying I, I that right know. now, right. too. And I'm just like, <laughs> what are you celebrating? <laughs> Clearly, you lost. Yeah. Clearly. Like, your shoulders were down. He was up. Like, Cody was up, and he's, like, out. Like, you're, you're, you're choking him out. I get it. But... What else do you think this guy is counting? It was just so right. so weird. We don't have another ref, you know, checking the arms to make sure is it limb shot shot. Like, did you did you win the submission? Like, no, you have a ref counting you right now. So you right. Have, so you know what to do. You did it before. You just showed me in a match that you that you kicked up. You can't do it again. Yeah. What the? I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. And then. Um, yeah, Dustin coming out too and getting in, involved in the matchup. Like he, what he, he like punched uh, Jake in the face. I think it was retaliation for uh, Catalina getting involved and slapping Cody. But that kind of wasn't a good look either. It almost looked like he 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 had to cheat to try to help him win. So that's kind of more of a heel move than a face move. Um, well, even know. before that, R. Anderson was getting involved. Was someone yeah. involved? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I didn't like that. You know, I meant to ask you about that. Like, what do you think of that? Like, Art Anderson g- getting involved? I kind of don't want Art Anderson with Cody anymore. 
I just kind of want Cody like to the just coach have thing. the coach no thing. Yeah, way. I don't. It looks lame. Like, him with the clipboard is just weird. You know, like, Arn on the microphone is good. Like, I like them during yeah. pre- press conference. That, that's yeah. fine. That was cool. Or during the contract signings uh, and stuff like that when he does it. That's fine. But, you know, during the matches, him out there, and he, he covers his mouth with the clipboard. Like, he's telling him some kind of play in a football game. And I'm just like, this is this is so lame. Like, what are you, t- what are you even telling him right now? This is stupid. Um but then, yeah, for him to get involved during the matchup, too, you know, and, and you know, distracting Jake and, you know, getting involved in ways, too. It's like, what what do we do? If he's a heel, if Cody's a heel, it makes more sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, but, but being not a baby a face, yeah. like, what? And he's not, he's not a, ba- a baby face. He's the baby face. Yeah. yeah. You know what 100%. I'm saying? So yeah. that's that's what is confusing about this you know it's just not you're a hey, you're the man this is you're the heart and soul of mm-hmm. aw man like every time you give one of these promos bro it's like everybody's just listening hanging on to every last word and yes and then we see this from from our anderson getting involved and at certain points it's yeah it's a little bit of gray in there yeah so, I mean, that one, that to me, the ending was a misstep. There's certain other missteps, like we mentioned, with Arn and with Dustin. Um, you know, I, I don't know where they go from here if they run it back and have a rematch. I, I feel like I could do without a rematch, you know, oh, and no have a rematch. Because yeah. remember the fallout, because when Jake Hager didn't like the call, he hit the ref. So he oh, got, that's right. So he's right. suspended now. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine, I guess. You know, let's just move on to another matchup, bring somebody else from another, you know, company again and have him go against Cody this this coming. I mean, I, well, I guess he's not going to be a fighter. Maybe he is, actually, because we were talking about before the show, you know, what matches they may have on night two because there's only four currently, yeah, you know, he, on the card. He posts and, a bin every week. Right. So maybe Cody defends it again against a surprise opponent. So that'd be that'd be a good way to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, Cody won, uh, quote unquote won. It was a lackluster win at the end, but solid matchup before that, man. I just wish it would have ended better. Um, but yeah, let's move on towards the next matchup here. So before this next next matchup started, we did have Orange Cassidy join the commentary booth. And again, Chris Jericho, Le Champion himself, was a part of the commentary team, which always he's a plus whenever he's there and uh this was canada day right like he he kept mentioning canada day during this this telecast it was it was he was because he he had uh uh, the canada jacket on a whole bunch of red the red maple leaf on there yeah 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 so yeah so he just he he would not let us forget that it was canada day throughout this whole broadcast so you know shout out to to canada (laughs) it was uh it was uh you know he was showing out definitely for canada but um, yeah, we'll we'll get back into Orange Cassidy and him a little bit because it's it's so funny to me how Orange Cassidy does so little and yet it pisses off Jericho Bro, so was, much. That, I was dying, like my stomach was hurting because I couldn't take it anymore. When <laughs> just the littlest stuff, he wasn't doing anything and he did nothing. And, and Chris Jericho's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm calm. So I'm, I'm cool, I'm cool. You know, I got a job to do, guys. I got a job to do. <laughs> just he literally just sat there 
He just sat there. He sat on commentary and his glasses on. He had his feet on the table. And he just yeah. sat there. And you could just yeah. feel Jericho just getting oh. more and more irate. <laughs> just he would look over at him and he just like just so offended by his presence. Oh, like man. like him not saying anything to him saying anything was him just being even more disrespectful. Like, oh man, it was great. It was great. What did he kick over that? Jericho was livid. Like he, like I think Orange Cassidy kicked over something towards him. And I even missed that. You, you missed I didn't that. Catch that. You oh know. my god! It was coming. <laughs> it was kind of towards the end of. I think it was. I want to say maybe it was right after the private party in uh, Santana Ortiz match, and they did another segment, and they got up and they got in each other's faces. And Cassidy just, I, I forgot, he kicked something towards Chris Jericho. But it was like real nonchalant. Barely moved the inch towards Jericho. And Jericho, let me let me paint the pitch. He's literally like six feet away from, from Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy just kicks it like maybe an inch. And Chris Jericho went livid. He, like, he got people holding him back. He was like, let me get him. <laughs> and I was like dying <laughs> laughing, bro. And then you have Pineapple Pete holding holding back Orange Cassidy but he's looking nonchalant and Pineapple be holding him by by one arm you know (laughs) so he could just keep him keep him composed it was hilarious bro it's so funny because this this you know the matchup that happened was Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz but this really was the thing that had me the most captivated. <laughs> like, that matchup was awesome. Yes. Don't get me wrong, it was awesome. But Jericho versus Orange Cassidy at the commentary booth with Orange Cassidy <laughs> literally doing nothing and Jericho just getting more and more irate was really the show. And like you said, Pineapple Pete <laughs> holding him back. So, you, like you said, you have... Like five guys on Jericho trying to hold Jericho <laughs> back, and here's Pineapple Pete holding the collar of Orange Cassidy. Oh, <laughs> no, man. That's enough to hold Orange Cassidy. Yeah, back. it was crazy because it's like mm. you said, man. Like Chris Jericho, he, he you know, he, he was. It, this was all boiling, and yeah. and Orange Cassidy, all he did was just kick over. This little, I forgot when he kicked over, but he I don't moved think it. He kicked over anything because okay, so I'm watching it right now. And what yeah. I'm seeing, uh, so you, so you had um, what's his, Isaiah Cassidy? He went up there because you know yep. Private Party won, so he went up there. He's dancing, and he's like mocking Chris Jericho a little bit, and then Chris Jericho gets up, and I think he tries to pour water on Orange Cassidy because he had his water bottle there. So he he threw water at Isaiah, and Isaiah ran away, and oh, he threw a bottle. I'm saying that now, and then he opens up his water bottle and he throws the water bottle at Orange Cassidy. And then Orange Cassidy, oh. so he's slowly standing up. So I see him right now. He slowly gets up. He kicked his then, chair. That's what he did. I just got to it. He yeah, there he goes. Oh, he kicks it up. He kicks his chair. But it wasn't even like he kicked it hard because it's Orange Cassidy. He just like, it was just Cassidy was like, I had enough. He just kicked his chair like he was frustrated. Just and nudged it, <laughs> nudged it, and it fell over. And Jericho was just so bad. He's just like, what? Just got up and like tried to tear his head off. Oh, man. And Pineapple oh, Pete man. holding his collar. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. By one arm, man. He wasn't one like, arm. One Two arm. fingers. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, here we go. Just yeah. hold his collar. 
Yo, man. It's great. It's great. Just shout out to all of them. And yes, Private Party versus Santana Ortiz. Great matchup. Definitely check out the matchup if you haven't seen it. You know, it was a strong matchup for sure. In the beginning of the matchup, it was actually pretty funny. So it was uh, Santana told uh, Isaiah Cassidy that, you know, he's going to give him one shot, right? One shot to hit him in his face. You know, like, I'm going to give you one because we go way back. I'm going to give you one. Um, Because Santana and uh, Ortiz were both uh, part of the gym that... um, Same wrestling school. Same wrestling school as Private Party. Um, But, like, they were the older guys there. They were helping, you know, train everybody. So, you know, they go way back. So, anyway, he's like, I'm going to give you one shot. And then Isaiah Cassidy throws one of the weakest punches I've ever seen. Like, they need to work with Isaiah Cassidy on throwing some punches, man. Because that right there, even Santana's face was like, wait, what? Like, like, what was that shit? Like, (laughs) really? Really? That's it? Like, oh, this is is nothing. This is light work. Light work. (laughs) Light work. Oh, man. But it was a competitive matchup. And Isaiah, you know, he, he got his offense in. You know, his high flying offense was incredible in this match um but yeah this the star of this segment though was definitely the stars were jericho and orange cassidy and just just pure gold just pure gold here man it was great oh my god yeah how awesome (laughs) is jericho he could just get you just same way that you know we talk about cody rose how he could just have you hone in into a story every story chris jericho has been involved i've been keyed dived in you know, it doesn't matter if it's with uh, the, the Neo or Vanguard, you know, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter, man. You know, now now he, he, you know, he's going with one of the, the quirky characters of of Orange Cassidy. And I'm all in with this, man. The, the way they're having this buildup is in, oh, yeah. hilarious, but it makes sense, you know, to to polar opposites, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and they're having great chemistry, man. It, it's weird. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm all in on the story. The build is perfect. Uh, every week that Jericho comes out, I feel like AEW, you know, owes him another thank you, you know, every time just because he's he's pure gold for that man. Like, he's just been killing it. And Orange Cassidy, just what can you say? Like, he's just he's just so awesome. He does so little, but it means so much, and it says so much, and he's so entertaining. Like, it's just great. It's just genius. Both, both of them are just geniuses with the way they're doing their characters and the way the storyline is going. It's just awesome. So, yeah, man, love it, love it. Um, all right, so let's keep moving through this here. We did have, um, before the main event happened, you know, Taz came out to address, Taz and Brian Cage came out to address the fact that Moxley and Brian Cage for the championship is not going to happen at Fighter Fest. So I think it was supposed to happen on night two, but um, John Moxley, just for the safety of everybody else, because he was in, in contact with someone that tested positive for COVID-19. So he's opted to stay home and, and stay away. Um, but Taz using now that's that's real life. That actually is happening. Um, but Taz, you know, in storyline and character mm-hmm. is basically trying to tear Moxley in half with his promos now, just saying he's full of crap. That, you know, he got he got tested and I'm sure if he got tested again, it would come back negative. And he's just using this as an excuse because he's afraid of Brian Cage because he knows Brian Cage is going to beat him. He's going to tear his head off. And so, you know, he's just calling him out, you know, calling him in like just, just scared. Just, you know, I was like, man, well, actually, his actual word was was <laughs> he said he's, he's he doesn't have a case of um, of. Uh, COVID or whatever, he's got a case of the chicken shits. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, Taz, man, really going in on this. So, 
Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's it's unfortunate we're not going to get that matchup because, you know, true story, uh, John, I don't know if he tested positive, but he did come in contact with someone that has it, so we're not getting that, but that's fine. Fight for the Fallen, I think, is the next show, so that's where that's going to happen at. Um, but, you know, smart on AEW to to try to find a way to use this in storyline. Um, so I do, I do think that, you know, in terms of just keeping the momentum going for their storyline, it does make sense the way they're doing it. So, yeah. That's that. That's where we're at with that. Yeah, man. And I like the way there. I like the way had Taz came out and painting us the picture and using real life story because you know all the 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 hardcore fans. We all know what's going on with John Moxley, so they're not giving us some type of fabricated story, some that WWE would have did, or some type of injury angle or something like that. They're not hiding by. They're not. They're not, they're not hiding behind that at all. So I love that Taz came out. You know, and, and said it that not Moxley, you, you've been tested twice, both times it was negative. And this was kind of crazy what he said next now. So not only Taz was talking about, you know, John Moxley, he was talking about the company that he, he used to, that he came from. He said, Moxley, mm. I, I know Moxley will be tested yet again because if he show up next week, because uh, when he show up next week, because AEW doesn't run a sloppy shop, I was like, ooh. Because, you know, we're hearing all these cases coming from WWE of people testing positive for Corona. Uh, you have, uh, like, Renee, Renee Young, John Moxley's wife. She tested positive for Corona. So we so we all know what the situation for WWE is going over there. So I thought that was a slight dig from Taz. I'm like, oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, man, that was a little bit in your face right there. Yeah, I mean, it was. I don't even think it was a slight dig. I think it was pretty clear what oh, yeah. you know, what Taz was, was saying, you know. And I mean, it, it just is what it is right now. WWE doesn't look so great when it comes to this this testing process um, in comparison to to other organizations and AEW included. It seems to be doing this really well, and they've been really open about it. Like, I guess from a from a standpoint of even talking about it, like AEW seems to be better at just addressing it, and they're not afraid to actually you know talk about the fact that there's a pandemic going on whereas with wwe i feel like they have kind of tried to talk around it they haven't mentioned roman reigns at all since this has all happened you know it's just kind of this weird like you know we're we're clearly you know we're in the midst of a pandemic and clearly it's changed the landscape of how wwe is run but there's a weird way in which they're also trying to not address it head-on but you know, with AEW, you know, I do feel like this is a part of our world. This is part of our reality. And exactly. so for them to say, hey, you know, John Moxley came into contact with someone who has COVID, which, I mean, his, his wife has, has COVID-19. So, you know, let we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to address it. You know, and, and, and QT Marshall, they mentioned him, too. Like, he's, you know, also staying, you know, he hadn't been on television because of that reason. It's like, okay, yeah, like, there's no reason to not discuss it. You know, it's it's happening. We're all going through it together. Yeah. So we're all big um, kids here. So I, I don't understand right. why they have to. I don't have to sugarcoat that shit, man. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird that they don't they don't really just talk about it. And they, yeah. So you know, kudos to AEW for that and just just going head on with with talking about it. And Jr. You know, constantly is saying wear your mask. You know, be safe. You know, do that. Like sending those messages. So mm-hmm. big shout out to Jr for spreading those positive messages around, you know, being healthy and safe and, and how seriously 
AEW's taking it and how seriously we should all be taking it because it hasn't nothing's changed it hasn't gone away some places are opening up some places that opened up super early they're having you know rises in cases now again so it's a big issue again and you know a lot of places like in illinois here i mean we're in uh, phase four so a lot of places are reopening but it's still the danger's still out there so you know, to, to blend it together with wrestling, to hear that from JR, you know, as a kind of reminder, like, hey, still around, let's take it serious, like, that means something, because I, yeah. I feel like, you know, I, 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 I don't want people to forget that this is still going on, that we still need to be safe, because it's, it's still an ongoing battle, we don't have a vaccine, and so, um, you know, I, I, I love how AEW is dealing with it. WWE could take a page out of their book and just be more proactive about it, yeah. be more vocal about it to at least help inspire people to 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 do and live their lives the right way to be healthy and safe for everyone so you know that's just how i feel about that yeah man same here man i got nothing else to say you you said that well i feel like yeah. <laughs> i feel like forrest gump yeah that's all i have to say yeah. about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man hey it's, it's just what it is so, yeah again shout out to AEW and all of them for the way that they're handling this pandemic we're going through um so um after taz's p- promo with brian cage we then had the AEW world tag team championship matchup and i was really looking forward to this one so we had the champions hangman adam page and kenny omega and it felt like we hadn't seen hangman for a long time really? um, so it was good to see him so him and Kenny teaming up again, the current champions against best friends, Chuck and Trent, which they got driven down to the ring by by Trent's mom, yes. which was awesome. Oh, Thanks, <laughs> it mom. It was awesome. Man, shout out to oh, Trent Seven. He was looking hard as hell getting a kiss from his mom on the cheek, man. Yeah. He was looking like real serious. I'm like, bro, that's the hardest kiss from your mom look I ever seen right there, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. So it, it, what's what's interesting here is with the buildup of this for best friends, you know, they talked about they'd never gotten a, uh, they'd never been tag team champions yes. since they they've been a team, and I don't even know if they've gotten a tag team title match in the way that they were building this. I'm trying I feel to like they may have mentioned promo if they said if yeah. they never got a tag team title opportunity at all. I want to say I feel they, like they, that's said what they said that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, this was huge for them. And then with their mom, with with, uh, uh, Trent's mom being there and driving them down to the ring and everything, I'm like, it felt like their night. It felt like this was going to happen. That best friends were going to, you know, pull the quote-unquote upset and win the tag team titles. And then we would see the split or at least more evidence of a potential split between Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. But that was not to be. It did not happen. In fact, no. uh, Adam Hangman Page and, and uh, Kenny Omega ended up retaining the titles. Then oh they looked great doing it. Great so, team. you know, shout out to the champions for showing how strong of champions they are. And, yeah, man, they may be champions forever, man. The way man, they're going. They're bro, just yes. too good. Yes, man. Because, uh, you know what? I always say, like, I always kid around that Kenny Omega and go Super Saiyan 2. He legit went super saiyan 2 i saw the transformation like against trent seven bro i'm I'm watching it how he's just got all wild and hitting with that uh v trigger in the back of the head he looks like an like he's just like he's lost his mind or something the way he's just all charismatic he's just like girl get up get up you know it's it's insane man like I, and i know i say you know adam cole's the greatest wrestler 
but you know if <sighs> Kenny, man, go ahead. Go ahead. I saw. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you want to say it. I can hear it. You're right. I can hear right. It getting ready to. <laughs> I want to, cause man, bro, he. This dude is is just wrestling on a complete like nobody's wrestling on this man's level. No one, no, no one, nobody, nobody. nobody. Like the best yeah, his offensive world. set is cool, but even the way he sells too, no one is doing yeah. it all like him, bro. It's I was just you know, I, I, I by the way too let everybody know full disclosure I was hoping that best friends win because they have legitimately came my favorite tag team AEW, but. You know, the way, you know, uh, Adam Hangman Page and, and Kenny Omega, the way they just was just wrestling, and the way especially Kenny Omega stood out to me in this in this match, I was like, bro, he 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 is gotta got goddamn it, gotta be the greatest wrestler I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's to me, you know, Kenny Omega is the best in the world. He's he's definitely right now, he would be ranked number one for me for sure. Um just amazing wrestler the only thing i wish with kenny is that we got to hear more of him on the mic because he's awesome he's amazing on the microphone too you know so it'll be it'd be cool going forward with aw to get more time for him on the microphone um but you know even with the way he is right now like he's just been just seeing him wrestle is a treat man it's like it's it's, we're just all just blessed to be able to see this man do what he does in the ring man he's just great and then, yeah, Adam Hammond and, and Page, too, you know, the fact that these two guys are together as a team is just crazy because, you know, Adam Page, man, he's got skills himself. You know, he's very for his size to be doing some of the things that he can do to move at the speeds that he does to, to you know, just the, the athleticism he has going outside the ring, you know, jumping out, outside from, from in the ring to the out. Uh, it's just he's just great. He's great as well. So both of these guys, it's just a crazy tag team to even have. You know, two world championship caliber guys in, in singles yes. to be teamed up like this and have this kind of chemistry—it's pretty unstoppable, man. This is this is almost like the the two man power trip from from back in the day with WWE when you had Stone Cold and Triple H. Oh my for, god! For a very short yes. amount of time, yeah, those two were unstoppable. Like it just felt like no one yes. would, would ever beat them. Yes, ever. Oh my god! Yes, the, you know, are you talking about when? When uh, Stone Cold was WWE champion, and then yeah. he was the IC champ, Triple H. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's what this feels like. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that's pinpoint. Good point right there. Hell yeah, bro. Man. So I, I wonder yeah. what's you know who's gonna dethrone them. Will it be FTR up there? Well, are they prime? Yeah, are that- they gonna get them prime and ready to do that? Well, so it, it could be, but let's talk about that for a little bit because yeah. FTR did show up yep. at the end of this matchup. They offered them beers, and, you know, of course, Adam Hangman Page had no problem oh, he just accepting that. From right. I think, <laughs> he, right. I think he tickled about even looking at them, man. He just took the beer and just yeah. started drinking. Like, <laughs> say less, say less. Just <laughs> go ahead and give me that. And then Kenny Omega took it too, but then, you know, he before he took a sip, he poured out the bottle and, and you know, they took offense to that. FTR took offense and Ken, and uh, Adam Adam Hangman Page took offense to it too. And then you had um, the Young Bucks as well. They showed up and then they were kind of, that the, the show went off the air with all of these guys arguing with each other. But what was interesting to me, and this might play a part in the future, is that you had, of course, the Young Bucks with on the side of Kenny Omega on the left side of the screen. 
And then you had FTR, and with them was Adam Hangman Page. And it's like mm. you could almost see the, the the two groups kind of forming right there in front of your eyes. Yes. Where in the future, maybe Hangman Page joins up with FTR, uh-huh. and that's a trio <laughs> versus Kenny and the Bucks. Like, I'm rooting for that. Oh now. my like, god, I do yeah, want to see that because that was kind of painting the picture, like a little giving you a little foreshadowing right here. Because that's a good point. You saw. Hangman on the side of FTR, are, and Eggman is in a shouting match with them against the Young Bucks and Adam Page, man. He, he was like, you should be drinking with us, man. What the hell, bro? I'm disrespecting yep. them. This is a beer. Drinking. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was real pissed at Kenny. Like, why you got to go and mess this up, man? We're right. having a couple beers. Why you, why you got to make a thing out of it, you know? <laughs> like, he's just trying to have a good time. Like, it's just, like... Right, and I loved man. it. I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was uh, just but a Kenny great being Kenny, man, he's just a cocky son of a bitch, man. He, he don't care. Like, what the hell? You give me a beer, man. I'm a, I'm a five-star athlete. Look at these abs. Give me no right. extra carbs. <laughs> well, in my head, I was thinking, Kenny drinks milk. He doesn't drink beer. Like, right. y'all messed up. You, you don't know what the man drinks. If you would have gave him milk, it probably would have been fine. But he's like, no, this, is, this isn't what I drink. So right. he's just like... Well, yeah. ma'am, damn it, I'm Kenny Omega. You should know what I drink. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Loved it, man. So, yeah, just the foreshadowing of, you know, the future battle lines being drawn there. I thought it was great. I really loved this matchup. I love the, uh, the, the, the foreshadowing and just, yeah, it, it's, um, it just, future, the future looks bright for the tag team division cool. still, um, FTR, the future tag team champions, without a doubt, I could see that happening too. Um, yeah, really excited about what's coming. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm definitely excited for the future, too, you know, with the tag team wars. And now, since you have the Kings of the Mountain, Kenny Omega, Adam Hangman Page, I am very interested in who will be the team to dethrone them. I'm looking at the magnifying glass is looking heavily at uh, FTR, man, because, you know, they they have, a, they have a good act. They're tag team specialists. We know what these guys can do, so... I just want to see if they're gonna uh, get that, get them titles, man. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. Um, before we end this, just to kind of preview a little bit of what's gonna happen on night two. So we have um, looks like SCU versus the Dark Order. SCU. Uh, Brody Lee, Grayson, and Colt Cabana. So that storyline continuing on a little bit here. So that should be cool. We've got Lance Archer going against Joey Janela. Um, they've they've been having some some fights in the crowd Real. here and there. Yeah, so you know we Joey Janela ain't which... no punk man. So I don't speak. I don't expect to be just to be like a straight up destroy this dude. He might get some. Okay, so put put a put a time on it. How long do you? How many minutes you give this? All right. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm go with the same estimate I did for Bronson Reed and Karrion K- 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 Cross. Six minutes. <laughs> six minutes. Six minutes. We never did check that. I think you were probably. I think I was right. wrong. I or, think it was or, two minutes and forty two. I have to check that, but I think it was no, it was longer than that. Sure. Yeah, it was longer. Did, than did, that. did we say we include theme in the theme entrance? Um. No, nah, I don't remember if we said that. <laughs> but I'm just thinking about the match itself. I feel like the match itself probably went at least at least six minutes. 
That'll be one to look into. Yeah, I'm we'll looking right now. Out. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking right now. That's interesting. Well, while you look at that, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about these other matches we have. So, uh, FTR and the Young Bucks teaming up. The tag teams we were talking about a little bit that hap- that uh, were in the main event. They'll be going against the Butcher, the Blade, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Junior. The Lucha Bros. So we'll have that matchup, and then more than likely this will be the main event. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy yes. should be a great matchup. The build has just been so great. We talked about it. The genius of Orange Cassidy and the genius of Chris Jericho on, has been on full display for weeks. And now we finally get to see them go against each other one-on-one in the ring. Should be spectacular. So looking forward to that. Um, also, as a side note, they have here Nyla Rose is going to be in action. She has a surprise for us. We'll see what that is um, You know, and see who her opponent is because... Um, you know, she. We haven't seen her. Actually, I think we have seen her wrestle since she lost the title. Uh, maybe not in singles, but I think she had wrestled a couple tag team matches. Yeah, I think so she was in a tag team match that she won. It was against. Yeah. Uh, what's the the alien girl name? Oh, um, um, Statlander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, it was her and Sheeta. I think that that they beat. So with uh, Penelope Ford, I think it was the one Penelope Ford ended up pinning Sheeta. I think it was that matchup. Yeah, with mm-hmm. um, okay. but Nyla was in that matchup too. So, yeah, and then um, I guess so. The the uh, private party looks like they're going to be taking on the tag team champions next. Now I don't know if this is going to happen on night two, but it is a note here that private party takes on the winner of yeah, tonight's the title match. So yeah, private party versus um, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page is going to be the I'm next sorry, tag team match. It's going to be a great match. <laughs> yeah, they're losing the matchup for Omega sure. Omega is going to go Omega on their ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. No, it's it's uh, it, a prediction on that one for sure. It's it's, it's going to be the team of Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page, without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. Did you get a time? Uh, the finish time on that? Uh, I am still looking, but this don't look right. It, it that don't that said like fifteen minutes. I'm like no. 15 minutes for that? Really? That got to be including, like, entrances, man. But Probably. 15 minutes? Yeah, that seems off. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like it went that long. It, but, you know, the match itself, I feel like probably went about six. I think you were probably right on about six, maybe seven minutes. You know, because I, I was, I, in my head, I was kind of counting it out. I'm like, man, yeah. this is going a little bit longer than I thought it would. <laughs> it did. But it was still, like, to the point, you know. Like, they gave Bronson a little bit of respect. You know, he had a little bit of offense, but, you know, at the end of it, Karrion Cross was just like, no. <laughs> no, we'll get into that in, yeah, in our NXT will, review, but just a little preview, a little sneak peek on, on what we're going right. to talk about there. Well, I'm going to go, um, go with, with your assessment, you know, that six minutes between seven. So I win. So, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you the win on that one. Like I said, five, and you 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 pull, pulled uh, prices right r- rules and made it a, a dollar more than me. So kudos, man. That's fine. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. So uh, night two, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know if it'll be as great as night one overall because you know really the the main event. I am super excited for that for sure. Yeah. And then this uh, eight man tag match, I think, is gonna be great. Um, so those two matches for sure. The rest of it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because Lance Archer versus Joe Janela. I mean, you said Joe Janela, he's no punk for sure, yeah. but it, it's still it's still going to be pretty straightforward. Like Lance it Archer, is, it is, man. It's going to be a six minute ass whooping. 
Right. Joey Janelle is going to get a little something, man. Just a little. He'll, he'll, this yeah. ain't no yeah, punk, he'll man. He'll try. Know? Right. You he'll know? try. That's it. You'll smack me? you going to smack me? Right. So, and then SCU versus Dark Order. Um, you know, I, I, I am curious how they're going to play this because the longer this goes where Cole Cabana hasn't officially become a member, the more it seems like he's actually not going to become a member and he's going to end up going against the Dark Order pretty soon. Um, I don't know. Which, Did you see the segment that they cut before, uh, I want to say, before Fighter Fest? It was the... the yeah. Okay. It, in the back where he was he was saying, you know, we're they're gonna have the matchup and then yeah. Brody Lee was cutting the promo to the yep. camera. Yeah. I mean, it, it I want Cole Cabana to join the Dark Order because I feel like it would be a good change of pace for his character. Mm-hmm. But I it, the fact that they're still drawing it out whether or not he's gonna join, I feel like he should have joined by now. And like this should be his first official match as a member of the Dark Order, and like his ring attire should have changed by now, and like just his whole persona should have just changed. But he's still that dude. He's still that like yeah. like on. He's sometimes he's by himself or you know in the crowd and with everyone else, just kind of like being Colt Cabana. And you know, there's just not that commitment yet to that character. So. I don't know. I, now I'm starting to have some doubt whether or not it's going to happen, but hopefully it does. I think they're going with the slow burn approach, and, and I like it too because it made sense that you know Brody Lee has to convince Cabana that he can bring success to him. So I, I like how that segment, how, how they won that tag team, and Cabana was like, "Oh man, this is nice. This, you know, I actually kind of like this. You know, winning." And Brody Lee convinced him, like, yeah, I could bring more. And, you know, Nexus SCU. And you saw Coco Bennett was like, no, we can't do that. He was like, yeah, I'm going to convince you. So I believe after this match, maybe he will, you know, join Dark Order after they beat SCU next week. So if I'm making a prediction, yeah, I'm going to say he's not going to join the Dark Order. Mm. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope he does. Because I feel like his character as a face... In this whole comic, you know, relief kind of character is is getting played out, and I'm not interested in that character. I want to see him with the Dark Order. But okay, how strongly me, do you feel that? Because think about it this way: if Cabana doesn't join Dark Dark Order, that makes instantly makes Brody Lee look weak. Man, yeah, that's that's the danger. That is the danger of him not not being you know able to turn Cabana to his side. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have this weird the way they're drawing this out. I get the slow burn, but I think the fact that it's taking this long to get Colt to join his side also kind of makes it feel like already that he's a little bit, you know, makes him look a little bit weak already because it's taking this long for him to convince him and Colt really? Cabana hadn't been winning anything. I haven't got that feeling at all. I think you're you're so accustomed to the WWE mantra like we got to fast track everything. No, it's not that. I because again, I like the slow burns on a lot of these other storylines yeah. too. But there's something about this where it just seems so clear that he needed he needs a change, right? But the way that week after week, Colt Colt went into that locker room. He went into the office. Yeah, you know, right then and there, you're going into the office. Then it's it's like everyone saw you go into that office, so everyone should be assuming that you're a part of the Dark Order. Then the next week, he was just in the crowd like nothing happened, and then they came out, and they offered him that contract, and then he went with them, and I'm like, okay. But, like, what are we doing? Are there, is, like, 
he if he's already gone to the office and he's already gotten the contract, then he should be a part of the Dark Order. So to me, I keep assuming he's in the Dark Order, but then the next week he's not. And I'm like, what? What else do they have to do in order to convince him? It almost seems like at this point, you know, it, it's it's they've already done enough to be able to convince him, and they got him a win, and still we're in that question. I don't know. It just there's something about it that just feels like. This is one of those storylines yeah. where Cole Cabana is going to choose the high road and he's actually not going to join them because he feels like they go too far. They go further than what he's willing to, to, to go. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I have my doubts. I don't, I, I'm I hoping don't, I'm wrong. I don't I'm see that I'm wrong. because, like, like I said, I think you instantly discredit Brody Lee, you know, being that, uh, you know, being this figure that he, this imposing figure that he, he can bring anybody under the dark order. So I think with him, you go with the with the slow burn approach for uh, Coca Banna, man. Yeah, I just I think the slow burn in, in stories it usually works, but if you're trying to make Brody Lee look like this guy who can, you know, this uh, the boss, right? He's like yeah. the boss character. I feel like he shouldn't even allow Coca Banna to take this long, right? Like, okay, Cole. We brought you in the office. We had a conversation. Mm-hmm. I gave you a contract. I teamed with you. And still, you're not a part of the Dark Order? Like, at a certain point, you know, if I'm Brody Lee and I'm this, this boss character, I'm offended. That it's, it's I'm having to do so much work to convince Colt Cabana. Who is Colt Cabana? Like, if this were but- Adam Hangman Page... Or Kenny Omega, yeah, is you know he's he could he's doing all right on his own. Yeah, but who, Colt Cabana, really? But I think that's the right focus because it is Colt Cabana because he is so comedic, and in the way he. No, I don't mean like like that. I just mean that like why? Who does Colt Cabana think he is that he can take this long to get back to me if I'm Brody Lee? Yeah, you know, like he has no clout. He has no. He's not a former <laughs> champion. Like who is he to be? You know, like taking this long and being like, you know, okay, I'm going to take a couple weeks to think about. No, 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 no. Yeah, you got 48 hours. You come up with an answer right now, or or else, and that's it. Like that's how to me this whole thing should have gone with him because of the the way he. Look, the way that he was with the guys at, at the dinner table saying, look, I eat first, damn it. Like, no one else eats before me. You know, just being so, like, straightforward with all his guys. Like, this is how it's going to be. But then Cole Cabana. Because, he's, he's because, getting, th- because they're part of the Dark Order. He's not part of the Dark Order because he has to convince Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana has one of those person. Uh, you know, personas that you just can't instantly go from face to heel just like that. Oh, I'm supposed to buy that? Like how they're doing with uh, with Damian Priest. He, he went from heel to face, and that's why it feels weird because it was just all of a flip of a switch. So if you take this gradual approach, you know, actually trying to find ways to influence him and and, and making a way like like you know how, now how I, I saw little holes in there for Coca Banner how he enjoys winning now he's like oh this is this is cool I can get used to this and Brody using that like hey I could bring you more success now this is how we change that personality that's how we find that reason how, how I can buy him going from face to heel now instead of just you know if we get a if and all of a sudden he joins Dark Order it might feel a bit weird like you know what how did he go from face to heel like that how did he go from just being comedic all of a sudden just dark and just listening to Brody like that 
it doesn't make sense. Well, I don't think I guess what I'm what I'm not saying is he needed to make the transformation immediately. What I'm saying is he needed to be a part of the Dark Order officially faster. And then you could still do the same thing. So let's say that, you know, to to my point that, you know, Brody Lee gives him that 48 hour period. OK, after that first time where he, he was looking at the two tunnels and he decided, OK, I'm going to take that tunnel. Cool. He went into the the office. Cool. Comes back. You know, he got the contract. Now he's officially part of the Dark Order. Cool. But then we're still doing everything that we're doing. Like he has the, the matchup, but he's still like. You know, sort of still being Colt Cabana, but he's trying to, you know, team up with with Brody and, you know, he's you can still see the old Colt in there. Like, I feel like you could still have him struggling with the decision he has made to join them without, you know, completely turning him heel instantly. You know, like what you're what we're doing right now. The problem that I have with it is that it's still Brody trying to convince him to join you know, whereas I think that should have been quicker. And now it's like, OK, Colt could still be struggling with the decision he made. And still he's kind of like in between. But it, it's just like, why is why is Brody having to do so much work to convince this dude that he should be on his squad? It's like, look, I'm Brody Lee. I'm the boss. I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, like bend over backwards for this dude. If you were a champion and you have some clown, you have something I want. Cool. But. Cole, like Cole Cabana doesn't have anything that Brody Lee necessarily can use to help elevate him, other than he's another body to join the team. That's a good point. So, I, I know, see, so like, I see, I see that. I, I see your point to to that. You know, he shouldn't bend over backwards for Cole Cabana. You know, man that's low on the totem pole. You know, like that. That's that to me is just like he's he's that. The, so when I said you know he already is kind of looking a little bit. You know, not as strong, you know, with with this because it's, it's like that. That's that's what I'm seeing. And if you're taking this long with it, I don't know. I just I'm starting to have my doubts for what the point of this is, like where we're going from here. But we'll see, because, again, I think for Colt, if I'm looking at this purely from Colt Cabana standpoint, I think Colt needs this. I think he needs to change his persona to be more interesting because it's it's just. You know, the boom, boom, Coke Cabana. Like, it's just, it's all right, you know. But that's probably going to be on AEW Dark for the next year or so. Uh, you damn. know, if, if he does that, you know. But if he joins the Dark Order, yeah, he'll get on TV because yeah. everyone's going to want to see, like, yeah. what does this new Coke Cabana look Brody like? Lee, you know, faction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But I, I guess, again, for a prediction, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like. The way it's looking, the way I'm I'm seeing it all play out, and and how long it's taken, it feels like one of those storylines where, yeah, he was tempted, yeah, he thought uh, about it, but ultimately no. he's like, you know what, guys, it's just not for me, no. and then he just gets destroyed by uh, Brody Lee, no. and that's how what? they try to make Brody Lee look strong. Which okay, I, you know, okay, and, 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 okay. and again, I'm not, I'm not wanting that necessarily. But I feel like that's probably where we're going with Brody just being just super offended by the end of this because he did all this to try to convince Colt. And then Colt says, WWE way, though, man. Like, I I hear you. I hear you. But I cannot follow that. I can't follow that for him. We'll we'll just have to see what happens (laughs) because, you know, I I feel like it should have been quicker to get him on the squad because, you know, it's Colt Cabana. Like, just, just. Just put him there. Let's go. 
you know, and now we can see because I'm more interested in just seeing what what he looks like like this versus he now he's he's you know they're they're trying to woo Colt Cabana like I don't yeah I don't I don't buy that I don't buy that from Brody. I, I was saying I well, I like it because it, I, it it's a way for Colt Cabana. You know, you're you're showing me how you can convince him to join the Dark Order. So I'm enjoying those, you know, the way you're kind of trying, in a way you're whining and whining and, and, and dining him. Yeah. I mean, and again, for me, that makes sense if you're, like, if you're trying to get, you know, a, a again, I think Adam Hangman Page, when he was doing the, like, it looked like he was falling off the wagon and they were, you know, he was heavy on the drinking and it wasn't, he wasn't all there, like, Okay, I could kind of buy that because you know Adam Page, he's he's really good. We see it now too; like mm-hmm. he's, he's super talented. So to woo him, wine and dine him, try to get you know, try to put in a little extra effort to try to get him on the team, it makes sense. And I, and didn't he mention like uh, Kenny Omega and some of these other guys? Like they're on his list too for people that he wants to get on the team. Like if he's doing all of this. For you know, to, to try to get Coca Ban on the team, how hard is it going to be for him I to be able to that. get? Did did he really have that on the list? Yeah, like one of the one of the first like promos that he did, like one of those like video promos. It was like you know there were there was there were people that they were like okay we got to start going and maybe it was before it was officially Brody and it was still like a figure but they were talking about like people that you know they wanted to get on the Dark Order and Kenny Omega's name had come up. And I don't remember if it was Hangman Page, but I do remember Kenny for sure. Mm. And I'm just like, if if he's trying to get you know people like that on the squad, yeah, like it, it's it's looking damn near impossible to get them if it's taking this long to get Colt Cabana. I'm just gonna be real about that. <laughs> like they're putting in a lot of effort Ayo. to get Colt Cabana, and Colt Cabana is like. Low on the totem pole compared to some of those other names, you know. But like, you know what? I believe in Brody, man. You know, in those segments, how he was looking superimposing. You know yeah. the the way he, you know super. He's super. You know he he definitely know how to influence you. So I see how he can do that with Coca Banner, and he's. I think he's gonna seal the deal when he beats SCU, or when I they beat Coca Banner. I think Coca Banner is gonna get his ass beat. I think I think Brody Lee is going to be so offended <laughs> by Cole Cabana uh, taking this long and ultimately rejecting the Dark Order that Brody Lee is just going to destroy him. He's just going to destroy it. Like where I, I just and I, I don't want it to be this, but I I feel like it's 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 he's not going to join. I feel like he's not going to join them. I don't think it's going to happen, and it sucks. Because it, it's, I am interested. I want to see that. I want to see week after week his transformation into some new character. I'm really curious what that would look like. So, I, again, I, I keep saying this. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, like, the story that they're telling and with it taking this long, it feels like it's going the other way. And I'm just like, oh, no, come on. But I guess that beatdown will be kind of interesting because to see Brody Lee just go nuts, you know, on somebody is always entertaining. So, you know, that could be cool. But, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's that's what I see. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I think All right. uh, at Fighter Fest, hey, night two, we're gonna get some more information. So we'll 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 know a little bit better what we're in for. But yeah, man, <laughs> it's you. We we see it on opposite yeah. ends, man. So it'll be interesting to follow along with this. Now, this matchup for me, this whole night actually, 
is getting a little bit more interesting because we have a differing of opinion here. So now I'm going to be watching this matchup a little bit closer to see the clues one way or another. Keen eye right here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did not think that before, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to be watching this closely. All right. Oh, man. All right, man. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for Fighter Fest nights one and two. We'll do the breakdown of night two after it happens uh, sometime next week. Um, but any final thoughts before we call it an episode? No, nah, man. AEW is just a, a pretty good Fighter Fest for night one. Uh, tag teams definitely stood out. Jake Hager, he had a, a good match before the finish. I'll say his best one before the finish. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, that's how far I go with that. Yeah. But uh, tag teams did shine, though. Yeah, no, definitely. And for me, a hey, for for night two, Orange Cassidy, Jericho, just two geniuses going at it in the ring. I am super excited for that, so I can't wait. And yeah, tag team wrestling is it was as much as it was highlighted on night one. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes on night two as well with FTR teaming with the Young Bucks. First time ever for that. That should be magic right there. The Lucha Bros. The return of the Lucha Bros, man. The return of the Lucha Bros. That'll be fun. So, yeah, again, I went into this being like, you know, night one was was awesome. And I I don't know if night two can match up to that. But as I'm looking at this and breaking it down a little bit more, I'm like, man, night two is going to be awesome. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, man, it'll be fun. Uh, before we call this an episode, tell the people where they can hear us. Yes, yes, you can always find us. You know the favorite thing I like to talk about: TikTok. <laughs> find us on TikTok. We're blowing up. I swear we're blowing up. You know, we started with zero followers. Now we're over 130 followers. It's great. You know, thank you for following TikTok. That is Clark underscore Street underscore wrestling that is the same name as our instagram it's pretty much linked to our tiktok as well for instagram so you can always hit that follow button stay up to date with us and you can always follow us on facebook search for clark street wrestling hit that like and hit that follow stay up to, stay up to date with us as well and twitter clark underscore wrestling pretty much we're active all the time we like to stay engaged with the wrestling community uh, very engaging with the wrestling community as well. I might have a, I might put one of our debate subjects on here because we had some really good debates these last couple of recordings here. They're very, <laughs> very enthused. So I'm loving this, man. So yeah, and but you can always listen to us all the time in any major platform. That can be the Google if you got the Android. Uh, it could be iTunes for Apple, Spotify, Spotify, iHeart. Search for Clark Street Wrestling. We have a huge catalog for your listening pleasure. All right. And with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode. For Devin, I'm Hafiz. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.